0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast. Making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, July the 14th, 2022. It is currently 4.08 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And let me say this right from the very start there will be many who are going to become very offended at what I'm going to do and what I'm going to talk about. You're going to feel like that I am being, you know, cold-hearted, that it's just wrong, that it's evil, that I don't care, that I'm showing no love, I'm showing no compassion, I'm showing no pity. But I will argue that the doctrine The theology that I am going to condemn, it doesn't show any love or compassion or grace or understanding or even an acknowledgement of the reality that we all are very aware of. I do not like the theology. Let me state this carefully. The theology I'm going to condemn, I hate it. I despise it. I can't stand it, but that is very different than people. I'm not talking about hating people. I'm not talking about despising people. I'm talking about hating a theology. The people who teach the theology, yes, I get very upset with because they're teaching a theology that I believe has hurt and damaged many people greatly, probably in ways we will never truly understand. I hate the damage done. I hate the teaching. The person, yes, I get irritated with them, and i'm i'm a i'm a human being who's a sinner who has flesh, and sometimes I may demonstrate an anger towards it it may seem more directed towards the person than the theology but it, it's supposed to always be about the theology and not the person. The person, what I want to see is for them to come to an understanding that they've been teaching something that is false, teaching something that has hurt people, repent of that teaching, apologize for it, but continue moving on and trying to grow as a Christian and continuing to try to teach the Bible to the best of their ability. I'm not looking for you know anything horrible to happen to anyone, but I mean, false teaching has to be contended with. False teaching has to be condemned. False teaching has to be called out. I know that's not very 2022. I know we're not supposed to do that. And there are certain situations that really make it very uncomfortable to go, Oh, that's the day you chose to call it out. But I want to make sure it's very clear. I've been calling out this false teaching pretty much my entire Christian life. Because as soon as I started learning about the teaching... I started going, "Uh, there's some problems here. And and after all of these years, my understanding of how false it is has only continued to increase. So this is going to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be doing this. Let me make it very clear. I don't want to be doing this. But I feel that you sometimes have to talk about something even when nobody else wants you to. But it needs to be done. Now, before we do anything else, I'm currently at the website for the Assemblies of God denomination. That's where I'm currently at, all right? I'm looking at the Assemblies of God website where they provide some of their key doctrines. It's basically their doctrinal statement, all right? and i'm looking at number 12 of one of their key doctrines right this is right the the doctrines that really define the entire denomination the assemblies of god and i go and i'm going to this because this really defines the teaching that i'm getting ready to condemn this is not even about condemning the assemblies of god denomination it is about condemning their theology it's about condemning their confession of faith it's about condemning their doctrinal statement but this doctrinal statement is believed, this part of their doctrinal statement is believed by a lot of churches. There's a lot of churches out there who may not call themselves an Assemblies of God church, but they hold to very similar theology that's very much connected to the charismatic movement. And the one I want to focus on today is this one. Number 12, divine healing. Divine healing is an integral part of the gospel. So for the charismatic or for the assemblies of God, they believe that when you talk about the gospel, preaching the gospel, Jesus Christ died to to save sinners, that the, the good news of the gospel is more than just a good news about the salvation from sin and from the penalty of sin. No, 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 it's not not just the good news that I, by faith, have an imputed righteousness. An imputed righteousness is accredited to my account, and now my position before God, I am holy and righteous, and all my sin has been forgiven. No, it's more than that. One of the integral parts of the gospel, according to the assemblies of God, is divine healing. Now, on one hand... You could possibly say, okay, I agree, right? Because because I have been saved, because the gospel is about salvation, one day I will stand in the presence of God, glorified body, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death, no more disease. So yes, there will be an ultimate divine healing. So if you say that the d- divine healing is an integral part of the gospel and you place it in eternity, when I stand before God in a with a glorified body where there's no more pain, no more sickness, no more sin, and no more death, then I will say amen to that all day long because I believe ultimately there will be an ultimate divine healing, right? I, I, am, I, I will be no longer uh, have this body that gets sick, that there is sickness and pain and ultimately death. On, uh, while I'm on this earth, sickness, pain, suffering, and death, that's a reality and it's going to happen. But if you say, hey, ultimately you're going to be healed, well, if you place it in eternity, we are on the same page. But they don't leave it here. They go on to say, divine healing is an integral part of the gospel. Deliverance from sickness is provided in the atonement. Because they will quote from Isaiah, by his stripes we are healed. Well, by his stripes we are healed based off our condemned status, dealing with our sin, they take that to refer to our sickness. Now, yes, by his stripes, I will be healed physically when I'm in his presence in eternity. But they say, no, 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 no. You deliverance from sickness is provided for in the atonement. And they say that that is for today, for right now. And listen, not only, is, not only is, if I can read it correctly, not only is deliverance from sickness provided in the atonement, it is the privilege of all believers, and that privilege is yours right now. Now, any just reasonable person reading this, well, wait a minute. If deliverance from sickness is provided in the atonement, and it's my privilege right now, then why would I ever die? Why do you walk into a charismatic church and see someone wearing glasses? Why, why do you, oh wait, I know it's even better. Work in the medical world where you know, the people who go to charismatic churches who call you for an appointment and you want to say, no, 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 no. You don't need an appointment because deliverance from sickness is provided in the atonement and it's your privilege. Don't call me for an appointment You take advantage of that privilege and you claim that healing, get that healing. You don't need the hospital. You don't need the medicine. You don't need the doctor. You don't need us. Leave this place open for people who don't have supposed the privilege that you claim to have. Because it really calls into question the power of the atonement, right? I just want you to think about this work. Okay, I, I believe in what Christ did on the cross so that I will be saved from my sin and I can be with him throughout all eternity. So I believe that what Jesus did on the cross is sufficient to save me completely, right? That's what we believe. And if we go along and say at the very same time, not only does he save me, but it provides physical healing now. Well, what happens if you don't get the physical healing that would call into question, the atonement's ability to save. If the atonement saves and it provides physical healing, now, if you don't get the physical healing, that would call into question the spiritual healing of the atonement. So in other words, if you don't get physically healed, you would call into question that the atonement does absolutely nothing or you would have to conclude you're not saved because if the physical healing is a privilege Of every believer, well, then if you're a believer, you would be healed. And if you're not healed, that would say you're not a believer because the atonement provides it. So if you don't get it, that would mean you're not a believer. Now, they will always make 927 exceptions and try to go, no, 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 no. It's your your doctrinal statement. It's your problem. It's not my problem because I reject everything you say outright other than to say, I believe that healing is a part of the gospel as far as one day I'll be in the presence of God and I will never get sick again and I will never die. But on this earth, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get sick. You're going to get sick over and over and over and over again, right? Cold, cold, Flu, pneumonia, who knows? Your, your body's going to break down. You're gonna have to get glasses and you're gonna have this problem. You're gonna have this, you're gonna have body aches and this and this and this. And depending on your level of health, maybe you'll go through a period of time where you're doing great, but you never know when you're going to get sick. And guess what? You're going to get sick, and in most cases, you're going to get over it, right? You're going to get better. You take a little bit of medicine, do this, do that. You're going to get better until the next time you're sick. And that's the cycle that you live in your life. You get sick, you go to a doctor, get medicine, get better. In some cases, just letting the virus run its course, whatever the case may be, over and over. And then ultimately, you're going to get sick with something or injured, and you're not going to get better, and you're going to die. That's the way it's going to work. That's reality. But somehow in the, the minds of the Assemblies of God or Charismatics, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. You know, it, it, God, he, God heals. God heals. God heals. God If you go to the Assemblies of God website right now, the very first thing is miraculous healing. Miraculous healing. I mean, I've, I've heard this. Miraculous. At this point, everyone in America should have been miraculously healed of something 10 times because Charismatics are constantly telling their stories. What happens, though, is when you investigate the stories, yeah. They end up to be as fraudulent as fraudulent can be. They don't, they don't need any, any scrutiny at all. And again, if it's true, then why do charismatics go to the doctor? Why? Why go to the hospital? You're a charismatic, your kid gets hit by a car? Just pray him, pray him. I mean, claim the healing. But no, they'll come to the same emergency room, taking up the same medicine, taking up the same hospital bed, claiming that the healing is guaranteed. And then many of them, well, that'll get better and they die. Or they claim a divine healing. Well, really what healed them was the medicine they received at the doctor. Okay, That's what you got. No, it was God. Now, I got no problem saying God God works through and in all things. I got no problem saying God utilized the medicine. Okay, but that's still using the medicine. It's not some supernatural healing. That's just natural process of the medicine or whatever the case may be, or the virus just running its course. So, again, the theology is divine healing is an integral part of the gospel. Deliverance from sickness is provided for in the atonement and is the privilege of all believers. That's the teaching. Now, there's a church. It's very, very famous for believing in divine healing. And that would be Bethel Church. You know this. I know this. We've looked at their doctrine. We looked at their theology. We've reviewed sermons. We've reviewed video clips. In fact, I think maybe, let me see here. I didn't even think about doing this. Hang on. Let's see if we can go to Bethel Church. Redding, California. Let me pull it up. All right. Bethel Church, if I can get here. They have schools. Uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, which is supposed to, you know, teach you how to basically, well, to heal people and do other supernatural things. Okay. Um, Resources. Let's see if I can go to resources. Well, that's not helpful. Okay. Do they do they give us any information about? I don't know their beliefs. So here, there's their beliefs. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, okay. We. We believe in the victorious, redemptive work of Christ on the cross provides freedom from the power of the enemy, sin, lies, sickness, and torment. So again, what's it? it's the same thing as the assemblies of God. In the redemption, in the atonement, you're free from sickness. You're free from sickness. you You should not. you You should not be sick. Now, what blows my mind is they say that, and then there was just a video playing of someone preaching. Well, guess why he's wearing glasses? I don't know why he's wearing glasses. If healing is guaranteed, your eyes should be twenty twenty. Your hearing should be perfect. Everything should be wonderful. No high blood pressure. Blood pressure. No high cholesterol. Everything should be perfect. Hey, the, and the redemption, and, and in fact, what here's what ultimately works. This is the way it would actually work. You're telling me that what Jesus did on the Christ, cross provides physical healing here and now. It, it guarantees it. It's the privilege of the believer. Yes. Okay, well, if that doesn't happen, and I don't see it happening, oh, I mean, over and over and over and over, I don't see it happening, that would tell me that what Jesus did on the cross for my sins didn't work either. This would literally lead someone to question the entire story of Jesus doing anything for anyone on the cross, because you're connecting what he did on the cross to save me from my sins is at the same time, he was providing physical healing. Well, I don't see the physical healing ever. So that calls into question what Jesus did for my sins. You literally destroy, you, you call into question the entire gospel. It is a devastating teaching and it's horrible. Now, I'm gonna get emails. Oh, I I heard a story here. I, heard, I you can give me all your anecdotal stories about supposed healing. Don't don't email me. Don't waste it. Get to the hospital where there's children today dying of terminal cancer. Don't. In fact. Don't go to your cemetery and start raising some people from the dead Go to the VA hospital and I don't know Help some military people who lost arms and legs How about heal that? How about bring them back a new arm and a new leg? Come on, don't even I can't stand when charismatics want to argue with me Don't argue with me, just start healing people Come on There's cemeteries full of people, come on Start raising them from the dead. Empty out the hospitals. You'll, you'll, be, in a, you'll be in a city where there's some massive charismatic church, right? We're Bethel Church in that city. M- many cases, I love to do it. I love to check like Bethel Church and then get, do driving directions to the nearest hospital from Bethel Church. And in many cases, you'll see a massive charismatic church. They'll be just miles away from a hospital. I'm like, why is there a hospital three miles away from your church? Well, in fact, if I, if I was the hospital administrator and I could get away with it, I would just, uh, I would, I would, detour, I would uh, tell all traffic not to come to the hospital tomorrow. Everyone goes to Bethel Church because, man, you can be healed. You don't even need the medicine and all of the horrible, painful treatment that you have to go. Just stop by Bethel and get a healing. All you gotta do is be a Christian. All you gotta do is be a believer. Just believe in Jesus and boom, it's good. It doesn't work that way. Christians get sick, Christians die. Just like unbelievers. Unbelievers go to the hospital, believers go to the hospital. 22 years in the medical world, saw it over and 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 over again. Now I've spent 18 minutes trying to focus on the doctrine and theology. Because now it has to get personal. And I don't want it to be. But I have to tell the story because it's all over the place. Here we go. This was posted today. ChristianPost.com. It's all over the place. You can find it anywhere on the internet right now. Benny Johnson of Bethel Church dies from cancer at the age of 67. Bill Johnson says wife is now healthy and free. Well, I I agree she's healthy and free now. I'm not calling into question her salvation. I'm I'm not going to do anything like that. And I'm very sorry that she passed away, and I'm very sorry she suffered with cancer, which is an absolutely horrific and horrible thing for anyone to go through. It's what my father died of. So I'm very sorry for everyone, for the family, for everyone is involved. My heart, what I have a hard time with, is but this is the church telling everyone that healing is guaranteed because of their redemption. To have a picture of her standing behind a pulpit preaching. So I'm assuming they, I mean, by saying that she was healthy and free now, is they they believe she was a believer, so she was a believer but yet she was never healed of her cancer. I thought that was the privilege of every believer. I thought Jesus provided for that in the atonement. For now, now, we both are in agreement that When she enters into the presence of God, the cancer is gone, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. I am in complete agreement with you there. The problem is you go around telling everyone it's guaranteed now and people believe that and they watch their child die, they watch their spouse die, and it's devastating to people's lives. Benny Johnson, the wife of Bethel Church Senior Leader Bill Johnson, has died following a lengthy battle with cancer days after being put in an at-home hospice care. She was 67. Bethel Church, uh, Bethel is based in Redding, California, and reportedly has around 11,000 members. The church has garnered controversy for its belief in faith healing and for running a school of supernatural ministry. Healthy and Free posted Bill Johnson on his social media accounts early Thursday, showing a photo of his wife that included a caption noting that she had died on Wednesday. Brian Johnson, one of her children, also confirmed her passing on Instagram. My mom went home tonight. Love you, mom. I'm very sorry for the family, and it's horrible that this happened. Now, I can I'm not going to read the rest of the story. I'm not. I'm not. Um, but I will read this. In 2019, Bethel Church garnered headlines and criticisms when they held a resurrection prayer campaign for the two-year-old daughter of a couple who had been pronounced dead days earlier. They prayed for the resurrection. I think the girl's name was Olive. She was never resurrected. They're going to pray for her resurrection. They're going to have a church service, not bury the wife of Bill Johnson, and resurrect. No, she's not going to be resurrected. Her cancer didn't go away. She wasn't healed. I mean, in fact, even in the picture, she's wearing glasses. She's wearing glasses while she was preaching. So she wasn't wasn't even healed of something as simple as an eye. Her eyesight, her eyesight wasn't even corrected. I mean, forget the cancer. Her eyesight was never healed. I believe Bill Johnson wears glasses. His eyesight's never been healed. But they had to run around telling people all of these things about healing healing and healing and healing and healing and healing. And it can happen and it will happen. The teaching is fraudulent. The teaching sets up a situation where you call into question what Jesus did on the cross. Because if what Jesus did on the cross not only saved me from my sin, but also provides divine healing Right now, it's the privilege right now. If I don't get the divine healing, then you have to either say what Jesus did on the cross doesn't work or you have to claim that I'm not a believer. That's your only two options. Well, you'll see they never call into question. If it's a loved one and they died, they never call into question their salvation. No, 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 no. If it's a loved one. Now, if it's someone who's not a loved one, they may go, mm, I, mm, I, I don't know if they were a believer because they were never healed. Yeah, I, and you say, no one would do that. I've seen that nonsense. I've seen it where someone not healed. They're blamed because they don't have enough faith. I remember a symbol, an Assemblies of God Church in Nebraska in the 1990s pastor is hurt in a skiing trip he doesn't get healed the church fires him because of his lack of faith that's the beauty of the charismatic teaching no that I'm, and I'm saying that sarcastically that's the evil of the charismatic but it's the logical It's the logical progression of thought that's being at least logically consistent, right? Because if Jesus death on the cross provides physical healing for anyone who believes, right? Well then either you're not a believer or Jesus doesn't heal or you don't have enough faith. You've got to, and you've got to put the blame somewhere. Well, you're obviously not going to put the blame on Jesus. So you got to put the blame on the person who doesn't receive the physical healing. You're not a believer or you don't have enough faith. Therefore the bl- you've got to blame someone because you can't blame God because according to your teaching it's guaranteed. Jesus by his stripes were healed. That means on in on, you know it's the privilege of every believer on in this life you can get healed. It doesn't work that way. It's never worked that way. It doesn't work that way. Now someone's going to email. Are you saying God can't heal? I that those questions drive me crazy. And the reason it drives me crazy is if he heals, then okay. I'm not going to be like, nope, nope. Turn the healing down. Reject it. The point is clearly it's not the normal way of things operating. So why do you want to try to give people some kind of hope of something that doesn't turn? Anyone who's sick can pray. Anyone who's got cancer can pray. Absolutely. I got no problem with that. Pray for it. Pray that God will do something. But the reality is all around us is death, 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 sickness, sickness, death, death, sickness, sickness, death. Drive by any hospital on any day. Just go stand in the hospital. Go sit there and watch all the people coming in. Coming in with different sicknesses and different diseases, people paralyzed, people in a wheelchair, people with all kinds of disabilities. Watching family members come out crying because they just lost a loved one or they got that horrible diagnosis that it's cancer or it's some other horrible disease. Go to Cook's Children's Hospital and watch those parents with their children suffering, hor- or St. Jude, these these hospitals that are dealing with children with horrible diseases, their whole, their whole childhood is just one doctor's visit after another and horrible, painful procedure, and they suffer and suffer. Many cases they suffer 10, 12, 13 years and die. Never get better, never get their first kiss, first date, first anything. They die, and their whole life was nothing more than suffering. Where are the charismatics fixing that? They're never there. And again, just, just today, get in a car right now. Go, go to the local cemetery and just walk, walk the rows of grave and headstones. Why weren't they raised from the dead? Why did they die in the first place? If, if healing is guaranteed for the believer, why did they die? Which means, obviously, there's going to be something you're not going to be healed of, which would call into question then that healing can't be guaranteed in the atonement because there's going to be one thing it's not going to heal you of. You want to believe in healing? Okay, here's the thing. This is what I would say, how about keep it to yourself and stop destroying other people's lives? I, I would definitely say we need to pray for all the people at Bethel Church, for those who are hurting at the loss of someone they may have great respect for, been greatly influenced by, greatly helped by. Pray for the family. The Johnson family. I mean that in all sincerity. I feel really bad for them. I feel also bad for all the people who've been victimized by their teaching and their theology. I feel horrible that 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 those pastors allowed the family who lost a little girl to to hold a resurrection service, somehow convincing them that their daughter could be resurrected that's just torture. That, that is so twisted in my mind. And, and I got no problem condemning that. That is evil. Your child is gone. You're, you're going to have to deal with that. No, 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 no. Well, for the next couple of days, we're going to have a raise your daughter from the dead services, and everybody's going to cheer, cheer, and yell, and jump around, and, and I'm knocking the microphone over. And then when it's all said and done, your child is still dead. That's just psychological torture in my estimation. How could you do that to someone? The whole teaching, I just, I I have no, I have no patience with it. I have no patience with it. And every time I've seen charismatics show up telling someone, and I've even heard them say, God told us you're going to be healed. You're going to be healed. Claim your, you've been healed. They, they they give that positive profession. And whenever they say that, and then the person ends up dying, charismatics are never there to pick up the pieces. Never there to pick up the pieces, at least in all the things I've seen. And how do you pick up the pieces after you just told someone you've been healed? No, I doubt you want to show back up. One, it proves you didn't hear from God. Two, it proves you're a liar. And three, it believes you didn't obviously care about the person, giving them some hope that didn't exist. That's the kind of stuff that makes me angry. So let me say it clearly. Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins to save us from the wrath of God. By faith, his righteousness is imputed to our account so that we can stand before God declared perfectly righteous and holy. Now, because I am saved, I have absolute assurance and guarantee that there will be a resurrection from the dead that when I die, I will be in the presence of God, and one day my body will come out of the ground, and it will, in a sense, be reunited with that body, but that body will be changed. That body will be transformed. That body will be glorified, and there will be no more pain. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more death. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more paralysis. There'll be no more a seizure disorder. There'll be no more whatever the pain or suffering it was. It will all be gone. So there is healing, ultimately, that you can hope for and and believe in. But on this planet, in this life, there's going to be sickness, there's going to be pain, there's going to be suffering, and there will be, unless Christ returns, death. We can pray about every situation. We're called to pray without ceasing, but I think most of us know we have to seek medical attention. I think most of us know that it's probably important to do our yearly checkups so that we get all of our labs to and make sure that our blood work is okay, that everything is okay. That's probably important to eat better, to eat a healthy, um, have a healthy diet, to exercise to To ensure that uh, watching our weight, there's all these things that we need to do in order to try to be to live as healthy lifestyle as possible, so that we have a healthy life as possible. I pray, and I mean this, that people in Bethel Church would just. I wish something would help them see the just how that this whole teaching that they've been given is so fraudulent and so wrong. I just wish they could see. I mean they're they're one of the most influential churches in the world. Wouldn't it be amazing if one of the most influential churches in the world rejected this teaching and corrected it and started teaching a more biblical uh, a biblical gospel, and start teaching biblical truth, and be doctrinally sound. Wouldn't that be great for the kingdom of God? Yes, it would. But in the meantime, instead of praying for that, we just need to pray for the, them to, for comfort that 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 will make it through this difficult time. I just hope that in the difficulty, maybe they can perceive the error of their theology. And there's a lot of a lot, assemblies of God is a large denomination. A lot of people believe this stuff. I just want you to see, ultimately, it's an attack on what, on what Christ did at the cross. It really is. Because if you tell me what he did on the cross was one, save me for my sins and provide divine healing in this life, then when I don't see the divine healing, then I, why would I believe that he saved me from my sin? Why would I believe he, there was spiritual healing? If the if the divine, if the if the physical healing isn't occurring, why would I believe in the spiritual healing? Which makes you call into question the entire truth of any of it. That's the devastating part of all of this. All right, you can email me. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Just sad, a sad, situation. Uh, Christianpost.com is where you can read the article. It's already been pushed down a, a couple of articles, so you may have to look for it. But you can read everything they say about it. I don't believe... Um, okay. Uh, I think, let's see here... All right, well, it looks like someone had something negative to say um, about it, and their comment was, was removed. Okay. Um, someone responded to whoever comment was deleted. It says, hello, I understand that you may have something against what the Johnson family family has pursued to see every believer to be empowered to live like Jesus and see people encounter the love, power, and intimacy of the Holy Spirit that was purchased and promised by the very blood of his son. However, I would ask that maybe if you find, find the same kindness in your heart that Jesus has towards you and stop pointing the heresy finger at someone you've never met. Right? And again, it's, it's one of those things you're not, it, it, what, what bothers me about this situation is you can't, I'm going to get the same kind of emails, right? But here's what bothers me. So I can't point out that their teaching didn't work right? Because that's insensitive, but it's not insensitive that they convince people that physical healing is guaranteed and it doesn't have, that's not insensitive. It's insensitive to go, Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought divine healing was guaranteed. No, that's insensitive, but for everyone else who can be sold it and believe it. And when they die, I I guess that's just okay. Don't, it really, it just, it seems like such a double standard. Hey, we can preach this and teach this. And if other people die and suffer and are horribly devastated by our, our false teaching, hey, hey, just back off because you can't be pointing that heresy finger at us. But if anyone f- within the charismatic church passes away, then you're not supposed to say anything because now it's insensitive. Oh, I, it just, oh man. It's just, it bothers me. Uh. Yeah, anyway, it seems like anyone who criticized them um, is immediately, their comment's being deleted. It looks like immediately, so no criticism can be offered here. Yeah, so no, uh, if you say anything negative, it looks like you're going to be uh, deleted. So there can be no criticism offered and it just seems to me that's just not, to me that's a double standard. right? They can promote it, other people believe it and suffer the consequences of it not happening. And that's one thing, but when it happens inside their church, you can't call it out because that's insensitive. What about the insensitivity of telling people that divine healing is promised to them because of the atonement for this life? what where is the insensitivity of that where is the evil in that so that can't be called out when well when this kind of thing happens it, i i this is i've pointed these kinds of things happened when leaders of the assemblies of god have passed away i always try to be as, as sensitive as i can be but it just seems like there's never There's never a time to call them out for it. Never, never, never. You just can never call them out for it. And at some point, it's like, no, I've watched how many people have been hurt by their nonsense. I I, I don't think it's, you can say, nope, can't, can't call it out, can't call it out. Because you're not calling out people, you're calling out a teaching. right? I'm not saying, oh, I'm not saying anything negative about them. I'm saying about the teaching. In other words, this is... Clear evidence the teaching doesn't work the way they claim. It, that's that's all. Any I think that's a completely fair thing to say. Remember Bethel Church, if I remember correctly, was sued when someone was injured, and instead of calling for medical assistance, they tried to pray to to raise the person back up or to heal the person. I think the person ended up being paralyzed. So there was a lawsuit at one point in time. So what? 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 what that wasn't insensitive. Yeah. That, I mean, like, come on. Yeah. You, you, you got to, you got to at least at some point, the teaching has to be called out. Would, it, would you prefer to call it out under better circumstances? Yes. But here's the thing. Once you wait and then call it out, they'll be like, well, well, th- everyone wants to make excuses. There should be no, there's no room for excuses here. You make a claim. The claim clearly isn't happening. So now, th- now it's on You. And you've got to consider all the other people who've been hurt by the teaching. I'm not asking for these people to be removed from never preaching. I, I, I'm just I just want them to stop teaching something that hurts people. I mean, I, Can you imagine being a little kid raised in a church where you're constantly told, God will heal, God heals. It's guaranteed by what Jesus did on the cross. Healing is guaranteed, healing happens. And then their mom gets sick and then they watch their mom die. And then they're gonna be thinking, well, why didn't that God who you told me heals? Do you know the psychological damage that does? It's just weird that the insensitivity charge goes one way and not the other way. All right, I'll stop. But you can go read the article for yourself. Just don't bother making any negative comment because it appears it will be deleted, um, which is sad. But at least the article does acknowledge their controversial teaching. So at least the article acknowledges that, which I am glad that they did. All right, newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great day. We'll probably be doing some more live broadcasting um, sometime uh, this afternoon or, or afternoons almost over this evening, um, and we'll see. But um, – I wish I wish there's something else I could say here other than uh, I this is not the subject I wanted to talk about today but it just has to be discussed because when you see that story I don't know what else can come to your mind other than the theology didn't work Thanks for listening God bless